like you've seen that TikTok when it's like the Disturbia by Rihanna. It's like, what's wrong with me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's basically that moment. I was like, oh, so this is like what being attracted to someone is like. and welcome to another episode of the Just Another Crush podcast, a podcast where we talk about our crushes. I am honestly like a little bit at a loss for words because yet again, I'm interviewing one of my like best friends and it truly is an honor and a privilege for her to be on this podcast. She is probably one of the best people at holding me accountable and calling me on my shit. She's whip smart. She's just truly such a strong and supportive person for all of the people in her life. And I'm, I'm blessed that she considers me someone that she actually wants to put up with all the time. So I'm, I'm so, so happy to have her on the podcast. So Harriet, welcome. Thank you. What an introduction. I, you know, truly with asking anybody to be on the podcast, it's a, it's a matter of like, oh my God, have I pushed the limits of my own bullshit too far <laughs> before asking the question? And I know you've listened to pretty much every ep- you've listened to every episode and okay. sometimes you get sneak peek episodes. So I was like, would she want to do this? Cause you're also a, a pretty private person. So I was, I was shocked with the yes, to be honest. I mean, yeah, that's funny. Like I, I consider myself, I guess, kind of private, but like for something like this, it literally is, I'm just like talking to you. So if it happens to be recorded, well, you know, we'll see how it goes. Well, Harriet, do you want to tell the people how we know each other? Yes, I will. I will keep it relatively short. So we know each other from college. We went to Notre Dame um, and I was thinking about it um, in preparation. And I very, very specifically remember the exact moment. Like I was aware of who you are and I'm curious how you remember, but it was for our show. You may know where this is going. It was Frasho. I'm already and we very nervous. Practicing about songs maybe, or I don't know if this is just like a Lions thing. So we were in the same dorm Lions. Um, and I think we were singing, oh shit, what was it? Um, we were singing, maybe Don't Stop Believing. There was something with a really high note and someone had to do the high note <laughs> and you know who that bitch was. Mm. yes no it was living on a prayer there we go it was living on a prayer and you sang the high note and it was like a good high note but it was really funny because like I already remember because I was like oh my god I could never do that you just like were immediately putting yourself out there probably just because you also love to sing so there's that you're already like performing day one um and I just remember like oh my gosh like you know she's just already putting herself out there like Frasha was definitely those first two days were like oh god I don't this was like not my jam, basically like meeting new people, putting myself out there. And you did that day one. And I was just like, oh, she's awesome. And we didn't talk for a little bit. We probably didn't like talk for maybe a few weeks until we ran into each other on the quad. And I think we were both drinking maybe uh, and like uh, took a picture doing? together. 
Um, and I think age. <laughs> what? <yeah. laughs> I think friendship was cemented, but I just, that was like my first memory of you was like hitting that high note. And I was just like, wow, she's wow. cool. <laughs> that That's such a pleasant memory of me, mostly because in, I don't think I've actually told anybody this, but like, obviously I'm a black lady. I grew up in a black household and I had never heard that song before until Frashow. And I was like, yeah, who can't hit those notes? I'll just do it because everyone started doing it. And I was like, yeah, what is, what is this a big deal for? <laughs> no, like I, that was so weird. Cause I was thinking about that too. I didn't hear like, um, take on me or don't stop believing until literally freshman year of college, because it was like the songs on the football field by the marching yeah. band. I didn't know the songs. Everyone was singing to take on me. I was like, shit, am I, I was like, I don't know this. I think I knew those two from Glee. Oh, that would make sense. Which is not a good indicator. Again, <laughs> black household. I grew up listening to like Dion Warwick and gospel and like John Legend, like not not white people music. And then white got people. to college, and then <laughs> it's like, oh, is this is this what y'all listen to growing up? <laughs> what is this? I was mostly uh, British seventies. So I was listening to like dreams at like age four in the car. And I was like, this is a cool jam. And like everyone discovered it from TikTok this summer. Um, you know, I was there first. No. Um, but yeah, like a lot of that 80s stuff. I was like, I, I, I don't know what this is. And it was just like, welcome to college America. <laughs> it's so interesting too. I, I do remember like briefly meeting you as in like, this is Harriet. She lives in this triple. Oh, and then I remember drunk night on the quad. I don't know. I don't, I don't understand where we were going or what the point was. There was we did take a selfie. And then I'm pretty sure that was the same night we ended up at a dorm party with like in O'Neill with guys who later became our guy friends. Pretty sure it was the same night. Cause that was pretty early on. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was, it had to still been September cause we were still like running around in skimpy clothing, which you can't do past like mid October in South Bend. So. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think what really solidified our friendship was, yes, drunken night, taking pictures on the quad, whatever. But what really makes a friendship is post-drinking brunch in the dining hall. Oh, and that's what did it. I had to go find you. I was like, I need to go talk to this girl. <laughs> <laughs> but all those memes aside, Harriet, what crush are we talking about today? Oh, man. So, um... I think we'll go with like another college throwback. Um, we'll call him Max. Yeah, let's go with Max. Max. Aw. Yeah, go with Max. Not I, to be confused with Audrey's ex-boyfriend Max. <laughs> oh, oh, fair enough. It was like we know another Max, so just gotta Ooh. clarify that. That's true. We do know another Max. Well, I do think it's important to say at this time for those listening that Max is a code name for someone who Harriet and I um, have agreed will maintain a code name for this episode. Um, well, I'm excited. Tell me a little bit about your crush on Max. Um, even though I know, tell everybody else who's listening <laughs> about your crush on Max. How did, what sparked it? Yeah. Um, so one thing that like, I think I've like realized, um, uh, is like, I'm definitely attracted to people who are performers, who are like, you know, artists or just like generally perform anything like music or, um, comedian, stuff like that. Like it's even with my friends, like, hence you, like you were literally performing. I was like, oh my gosh, like, that's so cool. It's just, I don't 
put myself out there in the same way, or it would be very difficult for me. So like, I'm very attracted to people who can do that just off the bat. Um, same thing for like, when I go to a concert, like I'll fall in love with like, the bass player, no matter like who they are, man, woman. I'm just like, oh man. Cause they're always like kind of the like, cool, weird one. That's like really disinterested in performing. You're like, oh, so just in general, I'm attracted to performers. So no surprise that like this crush um, is also kind of a performer. Um, so basically I knew who he was because he was a year above us in school. And he was a part of a um, dorm that did like a comedy review every year. And it was like really funny. And of course, like this is Notre Dame. So it's all single sex. So it was like all boys, but you know, um, it was really funny and they would just like do topical stuff about Notre Dame. So it was like more funny if you went there, it would probably not make any sense if you didn't go there, no. but like, you know, we're all in on the, in on the joke and it was really funny. So he was someone who was a performer on it. And I think like in his later years, he like helped write a lot of it and like directed it. Mm -hmm. So I think I like probably knew who he was by our freshman year. Cause I'm sure we, we went to it every year. I'm pretty sure. So I probably recognized who he was, but definitely by our sophomore and junior year, um, I was like very aware of who he was because he was like one of the major players and he kind of did like the intro videos that were like uh, publicized before the event, you know, it was actually shit. It was actually like around this time. It was like in February, remember? Um, oh. I know it's like probably around like the same weekends, which is very weird. It's mid Don't love that. I know. <laughs> okay. Um, and so I think... I just like had a total crush on him because he was really funny and also he's really cute. Um, and yeah, so a long time, it was just kind of like a kind of like campus celebrity, I guess. I don't know how, like how aware everyone else was of him, but I just remember I was like, oh, I have a crush on that one, you know. Um, and then I actually ended up meeting him <laughs> um, when we were seniors and um, he had already graduated, but he came back for um, the show after he had graduated. He came back and we literally like literally bumped into each other at Finney's, the one and only. And I ended up actually meeting my crush. And that was really weird because it was like, you know, a total kind of like campus celebrity that like I'd never intended to meet. I was like, oh, you know, he's really cute from afar. And then I met him and I was like, oh, shit. Um, and then we discovered we are actually from the same area. We went to high school, literally like 0.5 miles away from each other. Um, and I realized I was actually at his senior prom because I went to the junior prom with a friend who went to the same high school as him. Again, all single sex. So if I am the way I am, that's why, um, you know. So yeah, we, and then we just like find out like, oh, how have we never met each other? We have like all these things in common and like very weird. And I still don't know if he knows. I don't know if he realized, like, I kind of knew who he was. Like, he wasn't just some, like, total random cute stranger. I, like, bumped into a bar. I was like, oh, man, you're, like, the guy I've kind of been crushing on for, like, two, three years now. He has to know. It, it, yeah. Like, he has. Here's my thing. <laughs> Notre Dame is not a big school. No. And if you have any semblance of notoriety, everyone knows who you are. Like, everyone so he he had to know that you at least had some inkling into who he was mm -hmm. yeah I can't remember if I said like oh love your work or something I don't know <laughs> um but yeah and then yeah and then we kind of you know hit it off a little bit but it was very weird because it was like meeting your crush especially when it is kind of like that more celebrity level it'd be like your sister like bumping into Justin Bieber and like oh god like what do I do now <laughs> 
Well, I think we've all agreed that my sister would freak the fuck out and not be cool. But like, yeah, I think it's an interesting thing to, especially with like on campus celebrities, it's kind of like running into a micro influencer today. Mm -hmm. oh, um, yeah. It's so specialized and so specific. And in some ways it's like weirdly intimate because you're one of few who know mm -hmm. who this person is. Um, I think what be, I'd be interested to hear your perspective on is like, you talked a little bit about how um, you've always been attracted to people who are performers. Can you talk a little bit about how your upbringing shaped that? Yeah, so um, for those who don't know, um, I am actually English, hence the name Harriet O'Sullivan. My dad's Irish and um, my parents, they moved here when I was about one or two. We moved to Boston and then DC where I am now. So um, I really, I don't have any um, American like relatives or anything. I was essentially, you know, like raised here. Um, but a lot of my influence like pretty much just came from like my parents and my mom. Like I still had my accent. I clung on to it until I was like five years old and then I lost it, which is very sad. But um, that being said, it was just us five. I have an older brother and older sister and my parents. So it was just us as a family, all my cousins, everyone still lives back in England or Ireland. So, you know, like, that was, you know, that was pretty much what you had. And um, uh, I met my best friend when I was five and she was like another very outgoing, she's a performer. She loves the arts. She loved like you. <laughs> um, and so like, I quickly became friends with her. So like, even back then, like, it, you know, it's, uh, what's the saying? It's like an extrovert always like adopts an introvert. That's basically <laughs> what has happened to me. I just get adopted by extroverts like you and Galen. Um, but even back then, like, I, we, oh my God, it sounds so like creepy just because it's like home videos. Um, but my brother, my sister and I, like on the weekends, we would literally like make home videos where um, we called it TJH News at 10, which was Todd, Josie and Harriet. And we would just like film stupid shit. My sister would write these scripts um, and we would record it um, <laughs> just like, and there was one. Oh God, there was, I can't believe I'm talking about this. There was one where um, we basically did like a very um, uh, subjective interpretation of Harry Potter where I was playing Harry and my sister was literally every single role. So, she, so for like Malfoy, she like slicked her hair back and like for Ron, she was perfect. She had red hair. And then, oh my God, she played, she played basically all the characters, like a very, very weird condensed version of like books one through five. Um, I will say I was maybe like 12 at that time, which makes my sister 17. So that's what she was doing on her weekends with me. Um, but basically we were doing like fun home videos and, um, I like felt comfortable with like just my family. Like, it's funny looking back. Cause I look at those. I'm like, wow. Like I'm, I'm just like, I'm really acting like I'm going for it. I'm just like being really funny and weird. And it's because I was like just with my siblings and it was just for my family. Like very few people have seen these, <laughs> but I was like totally, you know, like comfortable. But like, if you put me into like any kind of more of an audience, like I can't do that. So people who can really do that, I'm just like, I don't know. It's yeah, it's just a very attractive quality. And it means, it doesn't even necessarily mean you have to be very sure of yourself or have like a lot of confidence, but just so that you're willing to do that and you know, not really worry as much of what people think of you is just a really admirable thing. So um, I think that's always translated to kind of like who I'm attracted to. And even I can actually remember, because I was trying to think about this, who the first like 
person I like was attracted to. And by that, I don't mean like your second grade crush. It was at my brother's uh, choir concert when he was in high school. It was so cute. They like wore these like white suits and they were doing like Billy Joel and like snapping their fingers and doing like, you know, little like side dance moves. And Clay was singing The Longest Time by Billy Joel. And he was really cute. And I was like 11 or 12. And I just remember thinking like, oh, what's this feeling? Like, have you seen that TikTok when it's like the Disturbia by Rihanna? It's like, what's wrong with me? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's basically that moment. I was like, oh, so this is like what being attracted to someone is like. Um, And he was like singing. So like, there you go. It's just like, I don't know. It's definitely been a recurring theme, I guess. I feel like, Harriet, you're like a, a secret performer because you play guitar, you do sing, but like, it's almost like your art is for you. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think it's interesting because like one of my like prominent visions of our friendship, or not vision, but like reflections of, I'm looking into the future, um, <laughs> reflections of our friendship is like performing together at Legends. So like, and winning a comp, a talent competition. I know, like a hundred bucks for that was sweet. I, I know, it went a long way in South Bend. And, you know, I think, like, it's interesting to hear you say that, like, oh, that's something that you could never do because in my mind, you're someone who does that. Like, you're like, oh, yeah, I can do this. And you just choose not to. Not without, like, probably, like, ton of nerves and my heart just, like, beating and probably blacking out. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate it. I think it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, so I know Max was someone who it was one of those rare crushes that, like, even if from afar, you had an instance to bump into them. Mm-hmm. What was that moment like? Like, take me back. What was going on in Harriet's brain? So uh, confession, I technically met him before, which doesn't count because he definitely didn't remember. He <laughs> definitely blacked out. It was junior year. And I, it was when you were abroad. Yeah. So it was like winter and you were abroad and I like technically bumped into him again at like a party and he like made a joke and then like kept going. Cause Oh my God, him and his friend, there was a pole in the middle of the basement. Oh my and God. One of them was holding on to the pole and the other one was holding on to his legs, like suspended in air and just made circles walking around the pole. And they did wow. that for like, for like a solid five minutes and they were having the best time. Of course they were. <laughs> yeah. And I think at that time he also did have a girlfriend. Um, she comes back later. Um, but I think he had a girlfriend at the time. It was a very brief moment that we met each other and he wouldn't remember it at all. But then the actual time that we bumped into each other and actually remembered, um, it was literally the same thing, which was really weird and funny. And so like with all those like circumstances with like us having a lot in common, like literally bumping into each other twice, it was one of those things where it was like, what? Like, is this, you know, like a rom-com type shit, mm-hmm. even though it doesn't end in rom-com clearly. Um, but yeah, we literally just like bumped into each other. I was on my way to the bathroom of all things. I was like going to the bathroom at Finney's, which is going to be like a 20 minute wait anyway. Yes. So I had time to spare. Um, and yeah, I think I don't, yeah, I don't know what like prompted him to like stop this time. Cause you know, I could have just been like, Oh my gosh. And like kept walking, but I guess we actually like, had a conversation. It was weird to have him like Notice me back, I guess. Very mm-hmm. surreal. And obviously, again, at the time I was drinking, so it's a little harder to remember exactly what was running through Harriet's mind. Um, 
but yeah, it was probably just kind of like, play it cool, play it cool. <laughs> like, don't give it away, which is like kind of my thing anyway. I like, like to pretend I'm a really cool bitch, um, which is why I'm my uh, lovely freshman um, uh, name by our friends in Stanford was the Ice Queen, which now I take a lot of pride in, quite you honestly. Say friend, I say acquaintance. Yes, acquaintance. Or situational people who have yes. to be in the same yes. room. But agreed. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah, but like ice queen, that thing, I try and play it cool, which my mom says, she was like, that's why if no one's going to talk to you in a bar, if you like stand there looking like that, I'm like, I know. Um, but I like to play it that way anyway. So I think I tried to play it cool. And then I think we realized what we had in common. And I think we talked about the talking heads because they're from Maryland. So maybe the talking heads was playing and that's what made us keep talking. Yeah. And so then we actually had like a very organic conversation and it was very weird, but it was like very exciting. Mm -hmm. And yeah, definitely something where you're like, if you have a crush on someone that you like actively are friends with or have a class with, like, you know, those like circumstances are coming, like you're going to run into them. So you can kind of think about it, but like, it was truly like he had left school. Um, I didn't really realize that he lived in Chicago at the time. So he wasn't even that far. And like, he came back and I just like happened to run into him at the bar on the weekend that he was home. And it was, it was very weird. When you think about the coincidence of running into someone twice, mm -hmm. what sticks out? Like, do you, is there like an added weight into this coincidence? You know, um, obviously twice in a num small number of years after never seeing one another, despite living a couple miles away, can feel like a lot. Yeah. And especially someone that you have had like a far away crush on that felt very weird. Um, and I don't, yeah, I don't, I mean, clearly it's not like fate, like we're not together right now. So it's not like I'd be like, and then we married and we were happily ever after. But like those kind of instances, it is like, yeah, it's just, it's very weird. Um, I don't think I literally ever saw him on campus like any other time, you know, which is very weird. So yeah, it definitely felt a little kind of like, oh, like, does this mean something? Is this like, you know, am I putting more meaning into it than what it actually is? Mm -hmm. You know, and the best part um, was because we joked about it the next day, it was February 13th. So the next morning when we woke up, it was Valentine's Day, which was, oh God. So have you seen that gift from The Office where Ryan yes, is like yes. putting his hands in his hair is like, oh my God, I hooked up with her on February 13th. It was literally that situation. Also, so that was also like, oh God, this is just like very weird timing. And yeah, it was, it was just crazy. Also super ironic that we're recording this on Valentine's right. Day weekend. I know. <laughs> So it's like, it's, yeah, again, another weird thing. Like what? This is literally what, like five years to the day almost. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Do you, so you know me, I love to pick everything apart. If there is <laughs> something to read into, ooh, your girl is going to read into it. It is my favorite thing to do is drive myself mad overanalyzing in in, not so much in your crush on Max, but like in the following, was that something that you were inclined to do um, that you tr tried to avoid doing? Mm -hmm. um, so we were, what, we were like still kind of in the middle of our senior year. So 
it was like, you know, to note, like Chicago is not too far from South Bend, but at the same time, I think I was very aware because everyone who was getting into relationships in senior, I was like, are you crazy? What are you doing? Even though like probably half those people ended up married. So, I mean, you know, maybe they knew what they're doing, but I was like, I was like very conscious of um, trying not to put too much into it and not being like, oh my gosh, perfect. We can date. Cause like, it's, I, it's not like we even really like called each other. I think like we texted infrequently. Um, there wasn't much. Um, but also like the weird thing was too, is like, remember we have the same home base mm-hmm. and my MO for all of my relationships has to been to date men who live nowhere near me and, or go to school near me. <laughs> so I've never even been in the same place as someone else. So like the fact that we also had that in common, it was like, Oh, like in the summers or like when we're back home, like we literally are near each other. So that was kind of like something that like, I know, like I need to be with someone who lives near me or like has family near me eventually. Cause like, I want to see where my family is. So like me long-term like planning, that's kind of what I think, but I wasn't trying to put too much into it, but then we ended up seeing each other a few more times after I graduated. Like when I came back for a game to South Bend, I stopped in Chicago and we saw each other and like Thanksgiving break, we ran into each other, like the same bar <laughs> in downtown which like everyone kind of goes out around that area, like, you know, Wednesday or Friday before and after Thanksgiving. But we also like ran into each other outside the bar. And it was just like, this is, you know, it, it's kind of hard not to read into it when it gets to that point. Mm -hmm. And I had also been like single for a while. So you're just like, oh, you know, romance something. So I try to keep it cool. And I guess like long story short, um, I ended up moving to Chicago for work. Um, My first job, like late December of that, like so we met in February, this is December of the same year. Mm-hmm. And I was about to move and I was in Chicago for my job interview. We were, we hung out and then I don't really know um, how truthful or necessarily, like I never really know kind of like what that ending was, but he kind of said he was starting to talk to an ex again from what I understood. Um, and so kind of was like either worried that I was going to move to Chicago and want to date him or expect something um, I don't know. It was kind of like weird and messy. And I was like, I didn't think that I was like giving off like major date vibes. Like I wasn't calling him. I wasn't like texting him all the time. We just kind of like saw each other when we saw each other, we're in the same place. And it felt like we were kind of like on the same level and understanding. So like it ended kind of weird. And then we've been like friendly in terms of, you know, internet friends, I guess, like after that, but it kind of ended there. And I was like, okay. And like, we lived in the same city for like a few years and nothing really happened. And he didn't get back from with the ex from what I can understand. So it was kind of one of those endings that was kind of weird. Um, Yeah. So clearly not the romantic uh, comedy ending. Um, Ham, we are still, sorry. um, I just called you Ham, which is your nickname. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's Um, like, fuck is Ham. I know. I just, so everyone knows Harriet also goes by Harry Ham or Ham for short among our friends. <laughs> so people don't think I'm just calling you Ham. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. I mean, I think it's like, I, I just also want to say that like, we're still really young. Like I have to tell myself that are we, though? <laughs> we are, we are still young. So like our rom-com could maybe happen in the next like five, 10, 15 years. God. We're we're still in the middle of the movie, baby. Mm. But anyway, anyway. I think 
what's interesting about like your your crush on Max is that like anytime you talk about him, what I still kind of hear is this like undercurrent of hope that like I don't think I've heard you have since the ex like your college ex. Um do you still carry some of that hope? Yes, no. Um I mean, I guess in terms of circumstances, because like, here's the thing too about like crushes and also Max is like, we never dated, like we never had like what you get on a level with like an actual boyfriend or actual partner. Mm -hmm. Like, I still don't really know him that well. You know what I mean? So it's almost like that, which helps me like, it's the same thing with any like kind of crush or someone where, oh, like maybe we just didn't get like a real shot kind of thing. You know, like we never dated. Um, and also like the circumstances, it's just like, we literally live in the same area. And, um, after like my sister is having <laughs> a baby, maybe like today as we speak kind of thing. And like, after my cancer diagnosis, you know, if ever no one knew, Hey, you know, Hey, <laughs> cancer diagnosis two years ago, I was like, I just need to be around family. I want to be in one spot. I kind of like, wasn't so settled on that before, but now like I very much am and having someone whose family is very important to them is important to me. Um, and I know that's true for him. So there's just like a lot of like, would be nice kind of things, not necessarily about like who he is as a person, but like a lot of just kind of like circumstantial things where like, that would be nice. You know, we already have like Notre Dame in common. We have like where our families live in common. I would like, wouldn't have to make those kind of sacrifices or like decisions, I guess. Right. Um, so like those things are just like kind of nice to be like, oh, maybe there is someone there. Um, and of course there's just the fear where it's like, am I going to meet someone new? <laughs> or you know it's just like and oh man this would go into a whole nother thing it's just about like exes and how I generally handle exes which is clearly not well because I still am in contact with like all of mine um and I don't necessarily know what that means because I haven't delved into therapy about that one quite yet um in terms of my patterns and what I do but I think when like I have someone in my life I have such a small circle and I don't really like invest a lot of time in people otherwise. So in terms of my exes, like I'm sure you guys could have some different opinions on like if they're assholes or not, but like for the most part, like <laughs> our relationships now are fine and like friendly and like generally good. So yeah. So I don't like feel the need to like cut off completely, even as much as I probably should have, like when we first broke up kind of thing, really long winded way of saying, um, yeah, it does feel like, you know, as long as I have like more options and stuff like that, but maybe I just kind of feel stuck. I don't know. I'm going to, maybe I'll talk about that in a next therapy session, reflect on my patterns. Cause uh, yeah. To be fair, I started a whole podcast where I <laughs> have asked people that I used to either date or crush on to come talk to me about mm -hmm. the times where we dated. Can I bring a guest onto the show? Just like call them up, be like, hey, want to discuss our relationship? Like, <laughs> oh my God, actually, I would love that. <laughs> well, love you know, that. with mine, none of them would ever do that because one of them doesn't even have social media. So I can talk about him as much as I want on here and he'll never see it. <laughs> I mean, all of that to say, I think I personally am never going to be someone that's like, don't talk to your ex ever again, because I think often, depending on the relationship, sometimes we make, we make the situation that, okay, your ex is a bad person for you. And now you can never have that relationship with that person again. When I think the reality is like, again, depending on the situation, um, 
sometimes the relationship that you have with an ex can be a really supportive and healthy and friendly relationship, even if you're not romantically involved anymore. Um, it just, you know, again, depends on the relationship. Like, go listen to episode three if you're worried, <laughs> if you're really concerned about like how I typically typically think about exes and things like that. So, uh, yeah, we're some of your exes assholes. Absolutely. But like, I don't think that they were, I don't think in my brain that they were ever an asshole to you. Like, were some of the things that they did shitty? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we're all oh, yeah. do shitty things. I mean, and even like, I, hell, even like with one of my exes, we were kind of joking about like, oh my God, like we were 19. And like, at even I've always kind of been at the age where I think like, oh, I'm so mature, but like, oh my God, I like cringe looking back at myself at 19. Like we both did like, oh my God. So like, you know, especially now it's like, how do we date it? Like seven years ago now, like totally different people. Um, of course we're still like, you know, babies and like the grand, grand scope of things, but yeah, it's like, you can look back on that. And also it's like having a history with someone and having someone knowing you. Yeah. I mean, like, that's the nice part about it too. Um, especially like with exes, you know, cause it's like, Oh, you're just like someone who knows you. And yeah, we're like eight years later now. And like, we're still friends. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's, imp- I, I personally think it's on an, on a relationship by relationship basis. Yeah. And also depends on my friend who I feel protective over. Um, so like for you, I know you keep your circle small. I know you value your family and I know that like, you're not going to keep someone in your life if they're not serving you any purpose whatsoever. So like, if it's healthy, who cares? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and there have been points where it's probably not so healthy, but yeah. I mean, I've never had like very dramatic or intense, like two, three month things. Like I'm very deliberate, I think, in how I handle relationships anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I don't see it as much of an issue. And I mean, my thing is like, when I eventually start dating someone again, like, then maybe, you know, I don't, I don't talk to some as much or like, you know, and especially right now because of like COVID and everything, for God's sake, it's just like, you know, you're just texting people to text people (laughs) and like staying in contact because there's not much else to do. Um, so yeah, it's also just like social connection. Um, and kind of, kind of what I was saying about like people who know you, it's like, just nice to like, not have to, again, yeah, I'm not great at meeting new people. So when people already know me, like I don't have to explain myself and Mm -hmm. I can just be myself. And that's what I like about it too not having to meet uh, new people again, which is maybe probably why I'm like, oh, maybe one of my exes or one of someone I've already met, like Max, that'll work out. So I don't have to go through all that again, but um, we'll see. Alternatively, like (laughs) not this, not about Max, but like alternatively, like it could just be the case that the person for you is like floating around in one of your friend networks, you know, like so you'll meet them organically through someone that you know, could be an ex, maybe you'll meet again, or it could just like, maybe it's someone that I introduce you to or that Audrey introduces you to or Nicole, you know. That's my hope for sure. And, and, and like one of my more recent exes, that's how it happened. It was like through someone I had known technically for like a few years, but never talked to. And then we started talking because of a tailgate. I was like, oh, you've been here the whole time. How have I not met you? <laughs> you were literally lying drunk on my apartment floor 
in the hall in the doorway of my bedroom and I was like who is this person <laughs> oh my goodness the the memes oh the memes. hopefully he's not doing that at this point you know whoever he is but you know you know one can only hope we are in our late 20s <laughs> but you know to each his own so you brought up like a couple of different relationships but before we kind of talk about like what life and love in general has taught you like what did this crush on max teach you i guess i think because maybe it's he was again kind of like a campus celebrity and like you've definitely kind of talked about before it's like crushes you already put on a pedestal so someone like this who's like a campus celebrity is kind of like again on that pedestal because like people know who he is Mm -hmm. um and other people probably think he's like cute and funny too and like now he's kind of like on I mean, I don't know how famous, but like he's gone kind of viral on TikTok many times. And I'm sure even more people are like, oh my gosh, this guy's like cute and funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you kind of put him or whoever that is like up here, I'm gesticulating like up above my head. <laughs> and then you just kind of think, you know, like, oh, you're just like a lowly whatever, like down here. And for the most part, like I don't see myself that way, but when it comes to like crushes or when it comes to someone like I'm with, like, I guess you kind of feel like a little... I don't know. I guess I've always felt like I've liked more and like, I'm sure you and like many other girls can probably relate. Like you feel like you're into them more or like you're trying more or they're like cooler than you or funnier or whatever. And I guess I kind of was like, Oh, like they can also like me back just because there's this crush or like this like campus celebrity kind of thing. It's like, well, they're into me too. (laughs) So I guess it was kind of like accepting that and like being pleasantly surprised that that could happen. I was like, just because I've like known who he is or whatever, like he's just meeting me for the first time. He like maybe thinks I'm cool and pretty or funny or something. Um, and I think of because where I kind of put him for a little while, I was surprised by that and maybe thought that's why it didn't work out, which is very possible that he just wasn't as into me, which is like very, very, very possible. Um, and that's something that's definitely hard to swallow. Um, you know, no matter who you are, just being like, oh, maybe they're just not as into me. Um, or maybe it just like didn't work out because of his ex or whatever it was, but just kind of like, okay, yeah, no, yeah, he was like into me too. I wasn't like making this up or like doing some like long thing in my head. You know what I mean? Yeah, I 100% know what you mean, because it is what I'm working on in therapy that like, it's possible for someone to just like me. Mm -hmm. It's a hard thing to accept. And I find that like, extremely powerful, especially because, you know, we would have been 20, 21, 22 at the time. Like that's a really powerful revelation to have at such a young age that like this person that appears on a pedestal can actually like you. And in fact, does like you because you're someone worthy of that. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a lot easier. I've always like I've never had an issue accepting it with like friends or whatever. I've never been like, oh, do my friends secretly like me? Like I've always been fine, but it it is some like weird thing when it comes to guys where you definitely, definitely second guess. Um, And also maybe I just haven't been like in the right relationship yet because for the most part, I always feel like I am the one that's like giving more or I like them more, I'm into them more and you don't feel like it's as reciprocal. Um, And also that could have been just being like 20 and hell, I was even 25 in one of them. So maybe not, but, uh, you know, just like finding the right kind of like secure partner and partnership and that thing. So like, that's something I'm looking for in, you know, a relationship too. And like with Max, like, again, we never got to that point where we're in that relationship, 
but I still kind of felt like that. I was like, uh, I feel like maybe I'm into it more and not because like I had a longstanding crush, but like, I don't know. I think one of the parts too is like, oh, you hope that maybe it was just, you know, different circumstances or something. But it's also like, if people like, like you are into you, like, you know, at some point they kind of have to make it known or, or mm-hmm. something like that. So that's the part too with, with Max, at least it was like, well, you know what, if he was into me, like he knows where I am, (laughs) he can reach out and, you know, so. Is it a bad thing to like someone more? Um, Not at first, but like, if you're dating someone, um, especially if it's like something long-term, I think, I mean, I think it should be pretty equal. Yeah. Yeah. I've been dealing with this like question recently of like vulnerability and like what it means to be like forward with how you feel about someone. And it's an interesting question. And I ask because the conclusion that I've come to is actually quite the opposite of the conclusion that you've come to um, where I've kind of landed on, if I like you, whether or not I say something is a different is a different uh, set of circumstances because I am also famous for making sure that anybody I like makes sure they yeah. never are aware. <laughs> so we're working on that. That's a separate issue. Um, but the the conclusion is that like I would rather be someone who feels big feelings and feels them deeply and is comfortable expressing the love and affection and care that I have for another person. And I'm working on getting there, regardless of how that other person receives it or maintains their affection for myself. And I I don't, I think there's a difference between like doing everything for one person or being the person who's giving more. Um, But I do think there's a lot of value in just like recognizing your own feelings and the depth that they have in owning them, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, it does. And uh, not that I'm necessarily too familiar because that definitely sounds like something I could work on too. Um, I, I think I'm better at like expressing or like allowing myself to feel more feelings like sadness or like anger or those things. But when it comes to like the romantic piece, that's a little harder for sure. And yeah, especially being being vulnerable with like that kind of person as opposed to like a family or a friend, it feels a little easier. There's less risks. Um, there's a lot more um, that comes with like, if that's with a romantic partner like scaring them away, that's definitely been like something on my end where I felt like too much could push them away. But like, you don't really want to be with, you don't really want to be with someone that you're scared of pushing away with like too much love or affection or something like that's not, (laughs) that can't be good. Um, but yeah. Well, and I also think like, there's also this recognition of like the way people show love is different. Mm -hmm. And like, for me, the way I show love is like, acts of service and gifts, even though those are not my receiving love languages. So like, it's the recognition that like, now I need to be comfortable with like someone's acts of like, like love languages being different from my own. Mm -hmm. And like accepting that too, regardless of how big my feelings are. (laughs) Um, I don't know, it's an interesting thing. I, I also was talking to someone else whose episode comes out like before this one does. And his main thing was like, rejection is never personal. And so, you know, if I internalize the fact that rejection is never personal, even though it might be, I'm just going (laughs) to think that it's not right. Um, 
then what does that enable me to do? You know, does it enable me to feel my feelings and embrace them and communicate them? Does it enable me to like live in a more bold version of love than this like quiet smoldering thing that I've been doing for the past? <laughs> you know, I don't know, all food for thought. I, I'm, I don't know where I've landed, but clearly I've been doing a lot of introspection this weekend. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so how have you been dating during the pandemic? That was a good one. Um, so this, my plans this weekend, I downloaded a cat meow translator and I was trying to like translate what Tilly's meows meant. So that's, that's kind of what I've been doing to date during the pandemic. No, um, I, I have apps. I look at them occasionally and I don't use them at all. Um, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> so that's my day in life. Yeah. And it feels, uh, I mean, that's, this is definitely something I've talked about in therapy. Um, I sorry, well, I'm going to have to backtrack now. I hope this doesn't make you emotional, but so I was, as I kind of briefly touched on, I was diagnosed with cancer two years ago. Um, it was shit. It was May, 2019. It was right after a girl's trip to freaking Austin. So at least I had like a wild ride just before. Um, but so basically, you know, once you're diagnosed and you go through treatment, I finished treatment, uh, January, 2020, my life already kind of felt like it was on pause, mm -hmm. you know, for a year and then COVID hits. And then it's like another pause. So it, kind of has felt that my life has been in pause for two years and not necessarily every aspect of my life. Like my sister is having a baby. I'm about to be promoted at work. So like work is going really well, but like, it's that personal part, like the romantic part, we're definitely like by 27, I kind of thought I would start getting somewhere. Yeah. Um, and so that's been really tough because especially after cancer and, and COVID, I mean, it's really, really reinforced. What's important is like, it's my health and my family. And that's, that's honestly it. Like I could sum everything up into that. Yeah. Um, like even with my job, like, sure. I would have loved to like maybe be partner at my firm one day kind of thing, but like, I'm, I'm also fine. Just like kind of going up to wherever and like chilling, having work-life balance. <laughs> um, and so like, you know, I, I am more like focused on the like romantic and like not necessarily just like having a partner, but like building a family, like an extension of my own family, just to like add to what I already have, because that's, what's important to me now. Um, so it has felt very, very difficult because even if I did have an app, like I'm still not very comfortable going out on a date with anyone like in public right now, especially mm -hmm. not until like I'm vaccinated and he would be vaccinated. So it's been like pretty non-existent and it does feel a little like a, I mean, it's so hard. Even, we're not even 30 yet, but it feels like, oh my God, like we're getting to the point where a lot of people are engaged and married and having babies. Mm -hmm. Um, and I definitely have, uh, maybe a little more of a biological clock, depending on whatever chemo did to my little eggs. So, um, and that's like, oh my God, like how to bring cancer into, um, future dating is something that like, I have no idea how to go about at all because like, it's not necessarily like I'm not an active treatment. Like I still have hormonal treatment, but I'm not an active treatment. So luckily that part is done, but I mean, it's, there still is like, I am a different person because of it in some instances and the way I view things and think about things and like have a plan for my life kind of thing. It definitely has changed it. So like, there's a whole new element to dating that I haven't navigated yet with cancer. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, I actually kind of did, as you know, I kind of like dated someone during treatment, which was wild. Um, I met him like a week before I was diagnosed and then he kind of stuck around and it was never like official because I was like, I, you know, I'm not going to be like, Hey, you my boyfriend right now. Um, but he was like a very, um, he was older. So he was like already more emotionally mature and probably more equipped to handle that, um, than like a lot of other guys at 25 would have been, which is, you know, fair. Um, so I kind of like did date someone during that time and now we're just friends and it's fine, but I haven't been like, go on a first date. Like, when do I bring this up? And like, I don't need to, I, I don't feel like a pressure to, but also like, guess what? My titties look a little different. <laughs> so like at some point, um, they would be like, Hey, like, what are, what are those scars from? You know? And I don't really want to like ruin the mood and be like, Oh yeah. You know, just like my cancer. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't know where I started or went with that, but does that answer your question? <laughs> Um, I think you more than answered the question. I think like one of the things that I've always admired about you is that you have a, like the gift of clarity that I think a lot of people lack and like, oh, like at any age. And it, I'm not just like saying emotional maturity, but also like clarity, like you can be emotionally mature and not have clarity. Um, and, and I think you've always just had this like sense of clarity. And I remember w when you like, it, it was, it was like a couple months after um, you had your first round of chemo and you were in the city in like October. And it was like, while we were planning your trip uh, back in October of 2019, just because not COVID travel. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about like what it means to like, what it would mean for you to like have a family and like that uncertainty and, I just remember stepping away from that and being like, it is so wild to me that one of my best friends is having to make choices. One of my best and most responsible friends, I'll also put that out there, <laughs> having to make these really, really big choices and also like having to do them in a vacuum of like just your own decision-making and you know me, I love to give advice, but this is an area where like, I don't, <laughs> I also can't give, yep. you know, it's, I think it's just one of those things where like, if there's any like asshole out there who has a problem with it, know that I will have a problem with him. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, like if anyone was just like, not cool with it or weirded out, like, okay, bye. Like, I think- uh I would kick his ass. I would kick his ass. <laughs> I think I I like to think I had, you know, fair a fair amount of emotional maturity for my age, but truly like once, um, and this is joke, but also not joke. It's like once you like truly do kind of face your mortality at like 25. Yeah. Um, you're just like, okay, this matters, this doesn't matter. Um, this is what I can accept, this is what I am not gonna accept. And it's like very, there's so many other areas of my life I'm not clear on, like, you know, what do I want to do with my life kind of thing? But it did make those things very clear, which is like, okay, I'm not settling for anything less than like, you're not going to catch me like having like a romantic fling with someone for like two months and like burn out. Like I truly could not waste my time with that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know that could sound intense. That's the thing. It's like, do I like start out dates being like, I'm just looking for a life partner. <laughs> and also I probably need to have kids within like five years. Um, 
if my ovaries are like still going to work with me kind of thing. Like that's intense. And yeah, so I don't know how to like bring that to the table, but it did make a lot of things clear for me. And it, and it has made me feel comfortable with that and being like family, that that's number one. And just like adding to my family and just like truly enjoying life and like being as happy as you can, hopefully like adding something back into the world while you're at it, you know, not just like taking, but also giving and doesn't mean, yeah, I still have any idea what I'm doing with any of that, but in terms of priorities and how I see things, that is very clear for me. And I mean, for anyone who's wondering if cancer makes you be like, I have a second lease of life. Uh, not necessarily. Um, maybe if things had been more like dire, which I like fortunately, you know, hopefully caught before anything got worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do, you, of course you look at life differently. Um, there's a, pre, there's a pre-cancer you, there's a post-cancer you. Um, <laughs> and you can be like a, there's a really good Instagram called the cancer patient for anyone who, I don't know if you want to like look, it's like really dark and funny and whatever, but it's a good way to relate to especially other young cancer patients. Cause you don't think of a lot of young cancer patients. You think of them like 60 or whatever, but, um, it's like, you like scroll at like 3am looking at pictures of your old self and crying. <laughs> Yeah. And so like the weekend before we were in Austin and drinking, I was like, she had no idea that poor, poor sweet girl. (laughs) And there's true. I mean, there's like a part of you that's like, there is an innocence that's like gone, um, which a lot of other people, you know, for different reasons in their life, um, like, you know, don't have that innocence, um, for whatever other reasons, but you know, at that point you're like, okay. And then, so like priority shift, things become more clear in that way. And so like, that is the one good thing, I guess. I'm sure there's more, but that's like one good thing that kind of came out of my diagnosis and feeling at least more settled on that. Cause there's a ton of other stuff. Again, like I've said, I'm not settled on, mm-hmm. but I do feel clarity in that way. Um, and I mean, there's always like, oh, you know, you I have no idea what I'm doing with my life. Am I going to figure it out? And I feel comfortable if I don't. Mm. And I definitely was not before I like, I thought I had to like figure things out. Um, so while I still do feel like I'm kind of like on a biological timeline sometimes, um, I at least think I'm okay. If like, I don't have like a life's purpose, Mm -hmm. like that's okay. (laughs) And that's something where I think it would have taken me a lot longer to get to and like be continually searching for, but like, no, maybe there is, and I don't know if anyone's like super religious, you can think otherwise, but like, I'm, I'm okay with that. How do you think, you said your life has been on pause for what feels like two years and some change really at this point. Um, How do you think when the world is back to normal, you know, not post COVID, whatever, whatever that even means. Mm -hmm. um, How do you think that's going to change the way you approach dating? Oh man. Yeah. I, that's the thing. I, I like to think like, okay, like, I am ready. I like, I want to meet someone. Like, I think I'm ready, but I mean, (laughs) I'm not going to like necessarily meet like someone in the first week and be like, perfect. Like that's my husband. Like, I think I'm still going to have to date, which is like very weird. And I really don't want to, (laughs) like, I'm going to have to meet people and like maybe put myself out there more because like I moved back to DC and then like, I was diagnosed like five months later. So like, I kind of even haven't like thrown myself out here in DC and like figured out a new, you know, new life or whatever. So when I was in Chicago, I was in my early twenties and those are just messy and, you know, 
not very productive in terms of like finding stable partners. Um, so yeah, I was like kind of ready to do that here. So like, I think I'm going to actually kind of have to like date the thing with dating apps. I, I don't know why, but I feel like if I even swipe right on someone, that's me committing to go out on a date with them. So I don't even want to like, I don't know why it's like, if I swipe right and we match, I feel like it means I'm going to like have to talk to them and then I'll, cause then I'd feel bad if I like ended up to not want to go on a date with them. I don't know. Well, I can see one silver lining here. Um, by the time dating is available in DC, there will be a whole swath of people who have more shared values with you living in the DC metro area because there was an administration change. So that is one silver yeah, lining. I mean, I think the other thing is like, there is it's it's this in what I hear from you is this like fine line between like where where are my standards on dating apps and where am I willing to bend and that is like very much so nebulous mm -hmm. for lack of a better word I don't think anybody is an expert they're like you can play the numbers game right but that means that you're spending all your time swiping and talking to people to find one good one and then some people are like oh but if you craft a strategic narrative on your profile and swipe to one person they'll be a quality <laughs> person and you're like does that work i know yeah i mean yeah because either they have like no information or they could be like kind of cute but they'll have like no information about them or there's like always one thing that kind of throws you off in the end. If it's like a gun or I can't with the fish pictures. Fish, the, thing. the fish men? No. <laughs> no. Or like things like I'm competitive about everything or um, like, I hate this app. It's like, dude, we're all fucking on here. <laughs> like, don't try and do that. I really hate that one. So like, there's kind of, again, I am picky. Um, I, there's always something that's like, nope. Yeah. But, and then even if like, oh, I'm like, oh, they're kind of cute. Or like, oh, this is kind of funny. Like I still don't swipe. Cause I'm just like, I guess I'm not ready to like even go on a date. And again, it's COVID whatever, but like afterwards, will I, I don't know. Here's my thing. This is the campaign for everyone to delete dating apps just in time for Valentine's day, 2022. It's a wash for 2021. I'm giving you guys a whole year. Everyone delete your fucking dating apps and start paying attention to the people in your real life. I'll do it. I mean, please join me. <laughs> it's a one woman campaign so far. I've got myself. Count <laughs> <laughs> me in. I just think Wrong it's a so group important. of two. I mean, to your point, Harriet, like it sometimes swiping just seems pointless. Yeah. For whatever the reason is, sometimes it just seems pointless. But, you know, I could, we could have, we could sit here for another three hours just talking about how much I hate dating apps. But anyway. Um, if there's one thing about crushes or dating that you're trying to learn or unlearn, what would that be? Mm. I haven't let the thing like besides Max, I haven't had like a real crush in a very long time. So maybe not crushes, but dating when I was reflecting on it, um, I need to not, um, compare myself to like their exes mm. or people that they've been with before. I think I'm definitely like triggered by like one instance that happened like early on in my dating history, I think. And that's carried over. Um, and that's the thing, like it could not even be their fault. Oh shit. Oh, 
Is it time? Paul's coming in. Hold on. We're going to have to pause this. That's okay. Hey, all. Amani here. Just popping in to say we had to take a quick 20 to 30 minute break because Harriet had some joyous news happen with her family. Um, Her sister had her first baby. So congrats uh, to the fam. And we're just going to go ahead and skip right to the speed round questions. So uh, let's get back into the episode. All right. It is time for the speed round. Are you ready? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay that's the most enthusiastic really? I've ever had for the speed round but I it's love it for me of all people <laughs> that really <laughs> like, yeah, okay. that really made me giggle <sighs> okay who's your celebrity crush uh I mean it's the number one easiest answer is John Hamm he is whew. and it's not probably a surprise that he's like a little older too um, he works the gray really well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just John Hamm. But it also like depends on if I'm like if I'm watching something in the moment or if, like I'm listening to a podcast, I'll have like more of a crush on someone. Um, like Justin Long, I was listening to his podcast and he's like really funny and weird. I'm just like, oh, like you know, random crush again. It's like he's cute, but he's also like, kind of skinny and a little like shorter. But I'm like, don't matter. He's like he's really funny and weird. Um, and I um, use the Peloton app right now because I can't go to a gym. I have an apartment gym, so I just am kind of limited. And Adrian Williams, you should look him up. He is sexy AF. He is a really good trainer, first of all, but also he's really cute. And um, he wears backwards hats, which I don't really love for anyone over the age of like 22, but he works it. But um, yeah. (laughs) Oh my. I know. Well, his tattoos work really well too. Cause tattoos are like, you know, it totally depends on the person, but like tattoos look really good. I'm just like, but he's also a really good trainer. So it's not just because he's hot. I take his glasses, but he's also very cute. Oh my. I actually, I'm like still in shock. We need to keep moving. <laughs> I, wow. Um, right. Okay. What's your biggest turnoff? And it certainly is not Adrian Williams. No, it's not. Uh, whatever the opposite of Adrian Williams is. Um, biggest turnoff. Well, actually, this is this is a fair opposite. Blonde beards. I hate blonde beards. Sorry. Um, <laughs> my brother-in-law, he has blonde beard right now. Not a fan. I love dark beards. I don't like blonde beards. Um, arrogance. Mm-hmm. I really don't like arrogance. There's something very attractive about being humble. Um, I really like that. Uh, hunting. I think I already mentioned that in the Danny apps. <laughs> Unless you're like controlling the deer population and like the North Wisconsin town you live in, like there's no reason for you to hunt. So I'm cracking up. I won't because... get on a soapbox for that, but yeah, it's kind of weird, especially big game hunting. That is truly like, I don't know. There's, there's not even like skill or sport to it. So yeah. I can make a podcast about how much I hate hunting. Okay, continue. When you said the opposite of Adrian Williams, I was like Jared Kushner. Like that was <laughs> awesome. yeah, pretty much him. Or no, Eric. How about Eric? Because he's blonde. Even even worse. Yeah. Anyway, what mm-hmm. is your dream date or your perfect meet cute? Um. Well, I kind of feel like I had that meet cute when I met Max. For God's sake, even though it was in Finney's in a bar. Um organically I'd love to meet someone through friends be like hey you know what like I think this person would be good for you um that would be really cool 
Um, but if it was like super random at a concert would be really cool because we'd already have like that band in common. I would love to meet someone with something like that too. I love that. Um, what is one song that makes you feel excited or hopeful about love? So for like love songs, romantic songs, I definitely like more like classic or oldies, like, um, something like Billie Holiday or Etta James. Like when you hear that, those strings at the beginning of that last, like, oh my God, it's just like, and maybe that's because like from movies and stuff, like, you know, they're kind of like generally romantic if they're like playing Etta James or something, but that gets me or eighties, um, like just like heaven by the cure that one. So like, I generally like kind of more oldies for like love songs and stuff for sure. What is one song on your breakup or your love recovery playlist? Mm, well, not to brag, but I like made a playlist called isolation like two years ago. That's come really in handy. <laughs> I wish I was kidding. <laughs> um, so like, yeah, I definitely have a lot of like sleep or like sad playlists when I'm like in my fucking feels. Um, so, um, I mean, like, it depends on the phases. So like first, when you're like breaking up, you need to like sit in the sadness. It's like the five stages of acceptance or whatever. Mm -hmm. So like right now, there would be anything by Phoebe Bridgers. Um, she was the girl who was on SNL the other week who made like some like white guy really angry when she smashed her guitar, <laughs> like started a Twitter conversation about it. Um, but she's really good. So maybe um, the moon song off her latest record, Punisher. It's really good, really sad. Um, and then once you've kind of been in your feels and like you start getting more like angry and like, you know, uh, Silver Springs by Fleetwood Mac. Mm. Pretty much anytime Stevie is yelling at Lindsay Buckingham when they're like on the same stage, it's, it's pretty cool. The whole mood. <laughs> the whole album. It's literally just them singing to each other about their breakup. It's pretty fantastic. What is the nicest thing that anyone has done for you? It doesn't have to be romantic, right? Absolutely not. Yeah, I accept all kinds of nice yeah. things. Um, yeah, because I mean, I haven't had like too many super romantic. I mean, like anything my mother does, because she's an angel, as you can attest to. Um, but one thing I was thinking about when we were talking about cancer treatment is as a end of chemo gift, my sister, oh, and we already, fuck, we already talked about the Harry Potter thing. My sister and her husband, my brother-in-law, Sweet Robert, um, the remade the Harry Potter video with just them. So again, Rob this time was playing Harry. And then my sister was playing at every other role. And they're like 30 years old plus at this point. And they filmed it over a few months and put it together. And it was like, it was the funniest thing. I was crying because I mean, Rob and I are very similar. Like he's a lot, he's a Virgo, if that speaks to anything, but he's like, <laughs> he's a lot more, you know, intellectual, he's quiet, he's, you know. Um, and so the fact that he did that showed that like, A, you know, he loves me as his sister-in-law, but B, how much he fucking loves my sister that he did that for her. Like they filmed this over like a period of a few months and like gave it to me. I love that. And it's like, it's like, I, I could show that to other people kind of thing, which I think it's unlisted on YouTube, so you can't find it. Um, I do think he's trying to preserve like some dignity, but it's so funny. It's just so funny to watch. 
I love oh, that. So that I was love probably, that's like, yeah, that's one of like the nicest things someone has done for me. And it was so personal and perfect and hilarious. Yeah. I Actually, I need to go and find that after and watch this because now those two people are parents. So, which is <laughs> beyond me. Like that's, that's the only thing that's going through my head is that like, wow, such couple goals that like they would yeah. go and create this like childhood video and then like pop out a human. Yeah. <laughs> like within the same pretty much 12 under year. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, so oh my god, it was it was perfect. Love that. Um all right, last question of the speed round. When do you think you will know you found the one? Oh man. Um I like to think that, you know, there is that oh, you just know kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But I think maybe like reflecting back on my other relationships, I have been able to kind of categorize what I've gotten from them, either like what I've learned about myself or like something that I need. And I think kind of like in each of my like more major ones, there have been very certain aspects. So there's like, <clears throat> excuse me, there's that like very um, physical and not just like sexual, but like that attraction you have to a person kind of like that off the bat where you can't fake that or you can't recreate that that like happens or it doesn't so even with someone you really get along with like if you don't have that like you know there's just no ugh, whatever that is you know so like there's that then there's the piece where like that person is my best friend I 100% of myself with them um like I can joke about poop <laughs> which sounds really stupid but like honestly if you can like accept that that's a bodily function you both do and it's not weird and it's fine like that's really important because I don't know it's I'm literally categorizing number two is like, I can talk about poop with them, but no, um, I am very, very comfortable and I'm myself hundred percent. Um, and then number three, which is like probably most important of all. Um, and maybe it just doesn't happen in your early twenties, but it's like being with someone who treats you exactly the way that you deserve to be treated, which I know for the most part, women, um, are less than likely to do most of the time. Mm -hmm. um, we will settle more or we will accept more and think that's okay. And like, that's part of a relationship and maybe they'll change or grow out of it. But like at a certain point they won't, um, and they, they probably never will kind of thing. So being with someone who, um, accepts your boundaries and understands what you need and like takes you more into consideration. Um, and that was with like someone who was older than me. So he had said, he was like, if I was your age, when I was 25, I was not that. So, I mean, there's also just the, you know, being more mature. And I think women generally are more emotionally mature than men. We just get there faster. Um, so like all three of those things, when I can have that in one person, and maybe there's more components that I haven't like really clearly identified yet, but like those three things are very important. And so like, once I kind of have that in one person and I can be like, oh no, they actually do meet all those things. Like that's a pretty good sign to me because I've realized in my relationships, like I need that. That was perfect. I need that. But they didn't have this other thing. Mm. So once I have those, I think, yeah. And just, yeah. And someone who just knows you too. Um, like how my, my sister and Rob made that like video, like they just knew me and they knew like that would just like make me die. And that was a perfect present they could have ever given me. So like being seen, having someone know you and not just in a romantic way, but like your family and your friends, like when you feel seen, um, like that's the most fucking romantic thing in the world, you know? Um, theoretically, I do know. <laughs> I, 
it, like cognitively I do know emotionally I don't know because I've never experienced that yeah yeah I mean like I don't know that I necessarily have 100% either I have I think like with familial love or friendship love but like yeah. the romantic piece I don't I don't know or at least not in all of the ways that like I expect and feel like I deserve to yeah right yeah no I I, I understand that completely well Harriet that brings us to the end. So soon. We did it. It's so soon. It's, it's been two hours. <laughs> oh, man. But I, I mean, out. just blacking back in. Right <laughs> it's been like, I guess it's been like an hour and 20 minutes or 40 minutes because we started recording like 20 minutes into that. But mm -hmm. um, it definitely went by really fast. So I'm. I'm sorry we have to hang up. I don't want to. But then I also know I'm going to like text you in like an hour. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on the pod. It was such a treat to hear from you. I'm so honored. Um, truly, and just in general, hope this makes you cry. I'm just honored to be your friend because anyone who knows you, it's just like, that's the thing. It's like when I'm adopted by an extrovert or like, I feel like I'm welcomed into your, like your circle of friendship. It's just like, fuck man you know, it's awesome. So that's all I got to say. And I need to ask you more questions or someone needs to interview you for this podcast at some point. Um, <laughs> thanks all for the questions. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> um, that did make me cry. Um, because I'm mush ball. Um, but yeah, you know, I love you and I'm so honored to have you as one of my friends and I think a lot about that all the time. I love you. Well, Ham, I'll text you in like 20 minutes. <laughs> right? Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Just Another Crush podcast with Amani Nicole Parker. You can find the Crush cast on Spotify or at justanothercrush.squarespace.com. In the next episode, I talk with my dear friend Alana about what it means to date while being queer and being polyamorous and all of the amazing things that can come from realizing the full value of all of our relationships, not just our romantic ones. So super pumped about this episode and I'll see you in two weeks. Bye! It's just another crush.